Welcome to the Border Collie Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Martina, obsessed like you about Border Collies and dog training. Follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success. Hello, Border Collie Geeks, and welcome to a new episode. Finally, a little episode with where I can sit down on my computer and actually chat about something. I've got a list of episodes I want to record. It's just finding physical time to sit down and have the energies to talk to a microphone, which sounds like not that difficult, but when your brain is divided in different things, um, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to find the time to just sit down and chat about something. I'm teaching quite a lot at the moment. I'm very, very busy. So I do a lot of teaching already. And sometimes is that extra teaching that I don't always have the will to do. Um, but here I am. Um, before I talk about today's uh, podcast, which is not going to be a long one, it's going to be quite a quick one. Um, I want to give you some updates. So um, I'm recording today is the 4th of September. And this month, a lot of things are going to happen. We're going to sign finally on a ten our tenancy for the farm so that, you know, we will be officially the new tenants of the farm. That has taken quite a long time to get there because there's a lot of things that have to fall into place. And of course, we are not driving the whole process. We're just waiting for it to happen. Um, with signing the tenancy, we should be able to then finally buy our sheep. And I might do an episode later on. Um, of what kind of sheep we're getting and how do we get to it? Um, because of course, I know it's a dog training podcast, but it's a border collie podcast and sheep are very closely related to border collies. So I might even do an episode on sheep, might even invite some sheep expert and have a chat about sheep in general. Um, I'll research into it and please let me know if you would like this to happen. You can of course send me um, a message on my Instagram. You can send me an email to let me know, yes, I would like an episode on sheep, or you could just come on the group at the Border Collie Geek community. And, you know, yeah, after I post this episode, say to me, yep, I would like this episode. I think it would be a fun one. Um, but of course, you know, I'll see what you would like uh, me to record. So this is all happening in September. So September is going to be very busy. I have recorded an episode with a guest. And that's going to be my next episode. I'm probably going to manage two episodes a month. And then I've decided that I think with November, I'm going to take a break. And I might do the odd spontaneous episode to update you on the farm. Um, but the best way to be updated on the farm um, would be following my Instagram. That's the place that I decided is going to be the place where, you know, most of my updates happen. Um, I've decided that my Instagram, which is Martina Borcoli Geek, with underscore Martina underscore Borcoli underscore Geek, is going to be my personal blog from now on, where I'm not just sharing training um, videos, which I do sometimes, but not as much. It's going to be just a place I share my life and I'm going to share um, how I venture and our 
our journey to move to the farm. I might even use TikTok a bit. Um, I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to be using TikTok because it's like repeating the same one, one platform and the other one. And yeah, I don't find, I haven't found my way around TikTok as much. Um, if there is any TikTok expert listening and you want to give me some tips, please send me an email and let me know. And Or if you say to me, I would like to see this on TikTok, then I will try. I might do some live video. I might do some more, you know, different things on TikTok. But at the moment is Instagram. So if you want to know what's going on with the farm and what's going on in general with my crazy life or my dogs and my students and, you know, everything, then Instagram is the place to follow me. Please follow me. If all of you are following me, then I'm going to have more followers and I'm trying to grow my followers. Um, so if you like Instagram, um, yeah, join me. And you, of course, can reach out to me anytime on Instagram. Um, is the social media I'm using more at the moment. So I'm on there. So if you want to reach out and send me a message that you listen to this episode and you just wanted to say hi to me or tell me something about the episode, then I'm happy for you to do it. And I'm always going to answer back. Um, so what's going on this month? Um, possibly I'm going to run my last uh, live workshop for the rest of the year, but I've decided to give you the choice whether I should be running another one. So if you're in Cheshire or anywhere in the UK and you want me to run another um training day on managing dogs around livestock, so to teach a dog to ignore and recall away from livestock, I would put a new date in October. I'm not going to, um, yeah, I might, I might advertise it, but I'd like just to, for people that say to me, yes, we want it and we're going to pick a date and we're going to put it on. Um, but it wasn't in my plan. It's just because I booked both dates very quickly. I said, maybe, maybe someone wants October as well. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'm going to be running this episode, this episode, I'm going to be running these workshops when I'm in Lancashire with my own sheep and my own setup. Uh, I'm going to be running them regularly, like once a month, I'm thinking, um, to give anyone the opportunity to actually train dogs around sheep in a positive way, where dogs learn really to ignore sheep. Because the problem with this type of training is that you can't just do it once. You have to expose your dog regularly to the livestock, but a livestock that allow you to get close enough to do recall training, to do, um, you know, it, it, like um, disengagement training, um, a bit of predation substitute training, you need the animals, you know, you, there's no, like, it's the same thing with anything. If you have a dog that chases deer, um, and we'll talk about this in the next episode that you'll hear, you can't just teach them a recall and then hoping that that will work when your dog sees a deer. You have to actually go and expose your dog to situation where you can do the training. So, um, yeah, let's make sure that um, I'll make sure that I'll give everyone the opportunity to do this training on sheep that are going to be in a, you know, in a pen. So they're not just going to run away as soon as they see the dogs and makes the training more difficult because you need exposure. And then eventually we will have the sheep moving and your dog still has to learn to recall away. But that's the plan. That's one of the big things I would like to. I would like to show to the UK community um, that it's possible to train a dog to ignore and recall away from a sheep. I'm never going to advocate to let your dog off lead where you know there is livestock, because I respect that, even though my dogs are trained to herd livestock, but I want to show that it's possible and it's possible without using aversive tools. And so I want to provide that opportunity. 
Um, now, the other thing that is happening at the end of this month is a free webinar, which I'm going to give you the link in the show notes where you can sign up and get the link for the Zoom. Or if you can't join live for the Zoom, you'll get the recording. So you need to sign up, otherwise you're not going to know. It's not happening on a group. It's not happening live anywhere. It's happening on Zoom. So please um, sign up in order to have access to it. Um, and yeah, so that's going to be, I called it the Collie Eye, um, because that's what creates all the trouble that you and I and everyone else in the world has with dogs that don't work regularly, or even the dogs that work regularly. Any, most of the issues that you get with Collies is because of their eye. And I'm going to talk about what the eye is. I'm going to talk about, you know, how the Border Collie has developed. So a bit of history, a bit of views, a bit of traits and a bit of tips on the three most difficult training, which one is the recall training, lead walking, and of course, movement reactivity. So I'm going to give you some tips on that. So please join, um, yeah, put your name in the waiting list and, you know, join, sign up for the, for the webinar. Uh, no, there's no waiting list, sign up for the webinar. Um, that's it. I think at the moment, these are the news for you. And of course, if I've got more, I'm going to tell them in the next episode. So today I want to take um, a question that has been asked me from one of my students. Um, they had, um, they were confused between um, cues and markers. And they asked me what's the, what's the difference between markers and cues. And I, I know I've got tutorials on markers on my Collie Club. We discuss this in a show and, you know, we discuss this in depth on the, on the, on the Collie Club and we use markers in the training. Um, but I think it's easy if you're not a professional to get confused sometimes because some of the markers can sound like cues. And yeah, at the end of the day, they are cues, but what's the actual function of a cue and what's the actual function of a marker? So let's talk about um, a marker. So markers are sounds or words um, that help you in training by pointing out an exact behavior that your dog is doing and the dog learns comes to learns that when you mark a specific behavior then the behavior gets rewarded and the good the thing about markers is that you need to maintain that promise if you're using it you have to deliver a reward if you start using it without delivery reward then in time it will just become less valuable for the dog and you will lose value so when you start using a marker, that being a clicker, which is a marker, or a sound that you do with your voice, or a specific word, yeah, you have to sign that contract that says the delivery is going to come, uh, the reward is going to come. No matter what, that reward is going to come. Markers are not cues that tells the dog what behavior to do. Remember this, yeah, they are tools that you use to be specific with your dog and telling your dog that's the behavior i'm going to reward you and why we call markers why it's plural because you can have as many markers as you want markers are um different depending on what you're rewarding with and how you're rewarding so there's placement markers which means that the dog knows exactly where the reward is coming if you're using a specific marker I'll make you an example. 
if I, I have a marker for toy delivery, I have more than one markers for toy delivery. I don't use yes when I reward with the toy. I want my dog to know that what's coming is a toy, but in, for example, competitive obedience training or agility training, when the training is a bit more complicated and advanced, you also want the dogs to know where the reward is. So when I was training a lot of heel work, I had four different type of mark. Well, not heel work, obedience. I had four different type of markers for the toy. They were all for a toy. So I had no difference between what toy is what. So when it's toy delivery is, is always a toy, not which one. And I had four markers. One, when the toy was in my hand, so the dog can come and grab it and we would tug. So it was a sort of a marker for come to my hand, it's just it's just there, it's in my hand, so grab it and we tug. Then I had a marker for toy on the floor, um, so that if I had to send the dog to the toy on the floor, after an exercise, the dog would know that I had I didn't have the toy on me, the toy was on the floor, so they would go and, and grab it from the floor. And it's a great way to teach a dog discrimination because they will learn that if you say one word, one marker, they have to come and actually be rewarded from hand. But if you say the other one, they have to go and get the toy on the floor. So it's a great way to actually teaching the dog to discriminate. And then I had a marker for the toy behind my dog, because when I used to do distance control, I used to put a toy behind my dog. I would do distance control and then the reward was coming behind my dog. Why? Because when you do distance control, you're in front of your dog that is staring at you. And if you have the reward on you, the dog wants to come to you. And then they start creeping forward in their distance control. So by having the toy behind, the reward, meant, the reward was actually behind the dog. So the dog didn't move from the position. Very quickly, I'm not going to explain too much about it, but just to make you understand. And then I had another one, which was the, if I was doing hill work and my dog was on my left, I had a toy on my right hand. And the dog learned that when I say that cue, which was free, and that was in Italian, libero, free, then the dog could go behind me and actually tug the toy in my right hand. And the toy was available. The thing about markers is that it doesn't mean that the reward is away from the dog. Sometimes it's there, it's available. So I was doing heel work, I still do, I do with Jock, where he's doing heel work and I have a toy in my right hand. So dog is on the left, toy is in right hand. The dog knows the toy is there, they can see it. You know, it's just there in your in your hand. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to, you know, conceive it is there. But if I want to reward my dog with that toy, then I will use that marker that tells my dog is behind there. Let's say that for some reason I wanted to reward a dog in front, toy on the floor. Then even if the toy was in my right hand, if I said my cue, that means going at the toy on the floor then my dog would go and get the toy on the floor rather than the one in my hand, okay? So it just helps the dog understanding not only what I'm rewarding with, but how I'm rewarding, so which reward the dog is going to get. And you can get as creative as you want with this. I knew people that had um, a toy a marker for toy in the pocket, so the dogs would go and actually grab a toy inside the pocket, the back pocket of the gilet. Um, I uh, yeah, so you can you can be as creative as you want, okay? Or a toy in the box, you know, it wasn't visible to the dog. The dog has to go open the box and get it out, for example. And you know, and it has different uses in sport, but you can have different uses in everyday life. Now the same thing you do with food. 
And with food for me, again, is not what you're delivering. It's always food, but it's how you're delivering it. So I reward as if you probably listen to my other episodes, you know that I have different way I deliver food with. It's not just by giving a treat in your dog mouth, but it's by throwing a treat in the air so the dog can catch it or rolling it on the floor so the dog can chase it. Um, and even food behind the dog. When I was doing distance controls, some dogs I trained with food. So that was food behind the dog. Um, so I have cues like catch, which means, yeah, it's a cue, but it's still a marker. So I use it as a marker. If my dog makes something, you know, does something that I really like and I want to reward because I know that my dog wants to catch the treat more than anything else, I might use it. So I have dogs that won't take food. Some of my students won't take food, but they will take food if they can catch it. So catch becomes our marker for looking at the dog and looking away um, or making a decision to look at bird and then not chasing it. So you're using a marker in a way that you know the dog is going to really enjoy it um, to deliver a treat in a, in a specific way. Um, and the same works for like throwing the food that a dog can chase on the floor. Yeah, something food that rolls or a big chunk of chicken, they can really throw the dog, sees it and chases a treat and eats it and then come back. So when we do food chases, for example, then I use my go, which is my catch the food that is rolling and running away from you. So these are all markers. Yes, they are sort of cues because they're words, but they don't really specifically only used as a behavior they're used as markers as well. And the dog learns that because you use them like that. They don't learn this because there is a, you know, a, a very strange way to do it. If you use them as a marker to reward behaviors, then the dog learns that they become markers. Of course, you can use catch as a cue for the dog to perform the behavior of catching food as well. So this is where I think a lot of people get confused. Cues in general, are words that you put on top of a behavior in order to tell the dog what to do so you know sit is a cue lie down is a cue spin is a cue walk back is a cue you cueing a behavior and yes catching treats is also behavior and chasing treats possibly is also behavior um it depends really how you use them and i mainly use them as markers but you can also use them as a trick yeah when a dog is learning to catch food but yes cues are words that you put on the behavior some people use likes to call them commands and i know that in the positive community that's not seen as the best way you call them are they commands i don't know i'm not going to do any kind of dispute um you know on semantic because it's not me i don't like it um, especially because it's not my language. So I think I perceive words differently than English mother language people. Um, so I'm not too bothered with what, if you want to call them command, I mean, in sport, they're still called commands. <laughs> Sorry, I need to drink. My throat is still giving, still giving me trouble sometimes. <coughs> so for example, in obedience, if you go and compete in FCI obedience, um, when it's time for you to be able to give your dog the cue to do a behavior, the steward will tell you command. And it's called command. It's just the way 
you tell the dog what you want them to perform. Um, so cue or command is the name you give to a certain behavior. Of course, if you're asking your dog a behavior and your dog is doing it and you're still building the behavior, so for the dog or you want it performed in a specific way, then you also use a marker to mark the behavior that the dog has performed. So you're telling the dog, yes, I am giving you a treat for that behavior or I didn't mark because that's not the behavior I wanted. Yeah, so you can command your dog to do a lie down. And if your dog offers a sit, you're not marking. But if your dog offers a lie down, you're also going to put a click in or any other cue that you want, any other marker that you want to use. See, I get confused as well talking to you, but I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the dog will, you know, you use the marker to how you want to reward the dog. So, for example, if I was going to reward the lie down, I probably would use my click or I would use my yes, which means that I am going to deliver the treat to my dog. Um, I'm not going to throw it in the air. I'm not going to throw it on the floor and rolling on the floor because I don't want my dog to move from the down. Down is the static position. So I want my dog to go down and then I'm going down to reward. So I might use just my normal, I'm giving you a treat command, which is my yes or my clicker. I have both. So I use my clicker as a general, um, I'm giving you a treat command. Um, personally, I know that other people might use this for everything. A marker is a marker, whatever I give you, and that's fine. I'm not saying that that's wrong. Um, if you're using a clicker for any type of rewards you're giving your dog, it's perfectly fine. And I've done it in the past, and I probably still do it if I don't really enforce myself to use the markers I have. Um, but in a general rule, then, you know, if I'm, if I, if I'm working on specific behaviours, especially sport behaviours, then... I would be more specific in the type of marker. In agility, um, when I used to train agility, I think I used to use a clicker for everything, which now I might not do again, but in obedience I wasn't. I was using different markers. So even on the same dog, even with myself, I still did it a bit differently depending on what I was training. And the reason for it is agility happens so fast, sometimes you don't have the time to think which marker you're using. Obedience sometimes gives you more time because you are cueing the dog, the dog is doing the behavior. And if, if the dog does it, you've got the time to think, okay, how, how am I rewarding the dog? Or you plan it in advance. Um, so yes, um, that's what markers are. That's what um, cues are. That was Moss coughing, if you heard him. Um, I've got Jock and Moss with me in the room. And I hope that's clearer. And of course, if you want to learn more about markers, I'm happy to teach you. Um, I have a video that explains them all on the Collie Club, which if you don't know what it is, this is my online membership. Um, it's called the Collie Club, the Online Academy. It used to be called the Online Academy. Now it's called the Collie Club as well. Um, it's got its own logo, which is little Tay that I drew myself um, on Procreate because I do love um, sometimes um, doodling on <laughs> Procreate and um, yeah it's my membership you can join by paying monthly every three months every six months or every 12 months depending on much you want to pay in advance and how much you want to save and everyone's welcome not just collies so if you have a Sheltie if you have a German Shepherd if you have a Malinois and you're still listening to this podcast you are welcome I'm actually just had a, um, a couple of my students that are doing one-to-one -one with me, was in, one is an Australian Shepherd and the other one is going to be a 
German Shepherd. And they're still joining the Collie Club because that's part of my one-to-one program when working online with me. Um, so if you have a cross, even if it's crossed with something that is not a herder, um, you know, you of course are welcome, uh, although it's called the Collie Club. So um, in there, there's all my online material. Everything I've done from the beginning of 2021, uh, no, September 2021 up to today, everything is uploaded on the Collier Club. We're talking about 10 past web, 10 plus webinars. We're talking about, we are a module 10. Um, and we are, actually, I forgot to tell you this, we are doing Collie games. So this next two months, we're going to concentrate on two games. One that is, um, is called um, um, Herd and Roll, which is inspired by the famous shipboard, but it's not exactly shipboard because I had to create different ways of doing it because my dogs don't play shipboard properly. Um, so I do it a bit different and um, I don't go as much in detail that real shipboard. Of course, if you want to learn from, go to the original creator of shipboard, which is Kay Lawrence. I just do it in a different way and I use balls as a reinforcement for different behaviors. And then we're going to work on magic circles which is something that a good friend of mine have created which is caroline lavelle and um i've learned it from her and i'm going to teach you which is something that you might have seen before but you might not have so the only way to learn from it to learn about it is to join the collie club and both games of course use the dog natural ability to uh, wanting to work in circles um wanting to perform behaviors at distance and wanting to be reinforced um with the their natural ability either to you know run or catch or you know stalk um so that's what's happening at the moment in the collie club of course uh, that's happening for the next two months um and is i think both activities are quite good for winter when you have less space and less time to go to be on, on bigger walks with your dogs and it helps you exercise in your dog and stimulate them um during the winter months but of course you know um by the time it's spring you're going to have them um you, you know your dog will perform them so well that you can take them with you everywhere you go um and um i'll just help you develop them every dog is different and i can't really i, I would find it difficult to do, to deliver a course on this where you buy it and then you do it yourself because i think that on this, every dog and every different breed will offer different behaviors. So that's why it's happening in the Collie Club where I can give you my feedback and I can help you develop your dog specific qualities and uh, traits um, while you're training it. And this is what happens on the Collie Club. I always coach you for what your dog is. I'm not giving you a set course of exercise and say, this is how we do it and that's it. This is how I do it and then I'm helping you um develop this for your own specific dog and this is what i like doing and that's why i don't sell set courses the only one i do is the foundation for scent work and i might be doing a couple of set courses but i struggle because i like to work with you and i like to work with your dog individually so set courses self-study courses are difficult for me i really like to um differentiate every dog and every different um need so that's it for today. I hope it was helpful and I hope you understand better the difference between markers and cues and that it might have inspired you to actually add more markers 
to your training and to to make your training a bit more advanced and a bit more specific to help your dog performing specific behaviors that you might struggle to achieve now sometimes by changing the delivery of the reward and teaching a new marker you can actually achieve more complicated and precise behaviors than uh, you think i will talk to you into the next uh, episode and um, have a nice week thank you for listening to the border colleague podcast if you want to know more about my work and how I can help you with your Border Collie, visit www.datildoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.